podcast where we discuss theology from a reformed perspective and genuinely nerdy things where there's no content that you won't love. I'm Luke Denner. And I'm Mark Froman. Today, we're going to be coming back from our holiday break, and we will be discussing an article that was um, written a long time ago, actually, and kind of came back in, in 2017, towards the end of 2017, came back up, and it's, it's called 50 Reasons Why I Don't Drink. And so we're going to kind of evaluate that article. Um, definitely not from an unbiased standpoint, but hopefully from a scriptural standpoint. And then yeah. we are also going to get back into Star Wars because that's just been a hot topic lately and Mark and I will never cease to love talking about Star Wars. Except for we're going to get into the good stuff, not the Disney crap. We'll be getting into our favorite books from the Expanded Universe and discussing why those are our favorite and just some of the things we loved about that era in the Expanded Universe. And so with all that said, let's go ahead and, and jump on in. So, Mark, it's been a, a couple weeks, but how was, how was your holiday season? How was your Christmas and New Year's? Uh, my holiday season was good. I mean, it was just relaxing. We uh, got to just kind of hang out. And uh, Since all of our families down in southern Illinois, Lindsay and I didn't travel for uh, Christmas or anything, so we just were able to spend, like, Christmas Day just relaxing and hanging out together, watching movies and... Um, yeah, it was it was real relaxing. I mean, that's the best word for it. Was it was just a relaxing holiday break. So we really enjoyed ourselves. Um, got to exchange some gifts, which was fun. Lindsay got me a bunch of awesome books. She got me like twenty books um, with contributions from my parents and my in laws as well. But there's a bunch of books that I get to work on reading this this year, which I'm super excited for. A lot of biographies and stuff um, on different Puritans and protestant reformers which should be really fun um yeah it was just a just a good time hanging out not doing much working a little bit but it was really slow work week in between christmas and new year's which was nice so um yeah we had a lot of fun how about you awesome yeah i had a good time as well um my wife and I marathoned the Lethal Weapon movies on Christmas Day, which was a lot of fun. It's first Christmas as a married couple for us as well. And so it was it was just nice to have that time to spend together and, and just relax and rest. Um, New Year's, we didn't do anything because we're putzes. We just stayed in for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. Got to visit with some friends. Um, one of my good friends I hadn't seen in a while who lives in Arkansas now, came up for a weekend over that, that break and, and spent it with us and thought it was cool and good to spend time with him. But, yeah, pretty much just relaxing, hung out with family, hung out with friends, and didn't do much of anything. But, but yeah, and we're actually coming up on, so tomorrow, which is Sunday, is our one-year anniversary. And it's just crazy to think about that, dude, that it's been, it's only been a year, and it's already been a, a year. Quick like, year. it's weird. Yeah. It, it has been. But at the same time, it feels like it's been a lot longer than a year. Like, I, I don't really remember life before being married to Ashley. And and so, but at the same time, it's like, man, this has gone by quick. Like, already it's been a year. So it's 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 weird because it's both at once. Yeah. And I don't know how to describe it, but it's good and it's cool. And so we're, we're going to probably go have dinner and a, a movie and stuff tonight. So nothing too fancy. That is the bad thing about we both realized having the anniversary right after Christmas 
was like we were talking we're like we don't know what to get each other for gifts now because we just got each other a bunch of gifts for christmas yeah. and so we we're like well what do we do here um but yeah so it's it's good um so with with that let's go ahead and and hop into the main part of the podcast um so this this article that we're going to be discussing is from 2015 and it, it kind of got some circulation again on Facebook this year it looks um, like it was like reposted at the beginning of twenty eighteen. Yeah, I think it I think it, it might have been around to twenty seventeen somewhere in there. And a couple things I want to say up front before we dive into this is um Mark and I are not advocating that every Christian has to drink nope. or should not drink. Um or even that it's wise for every Christian to drink. So don't don't hear this as a pro drinking podcast yeah. or even an anti abstinence podcast this is a pro-christian liberty discussion we're having here um and that liberty goes both ways you have a liberty to drink and you have a liberty to abstain and and we need to respect each other no matter what camp we fall in there so our issue with this article was the logical fallacies that were life throughout it and so i will say not to mention scriptural um, inconsistencies there's that i will say i i i can understand to an extent, the heart of the author, because she was an alcoholic before she became a Christian. And so when you step out of that, there is they do have a greater understanding of the dangers and the risks and can tend to project those on others. And so I, I do get that she's coming from a place of having been an alcoholic, and so for her to drink would be sinful. Um, one of the major issues with this, though, is this author is also a pastor and is a woman. And so somehow... Is okay with that, but not okay with drinking. And I'm not sure how you get that biblically. But if you take issue with that, we can discuss that at another time. Um, it is a, but yeah, biblically, it's from Charisma News. Like, it's a blog post yeah. there. Yeah, it is a, a uh, definitely from a more charismatic um, Pentecostal viewpoint. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing is, though, like, most people who've been sharing this article don't tend to give discretion to that or care about that. They just think, oh, well, this is an article that outlines why people shouldn't drink, and I think people shouldn't drink, so I'm going to share yeah. it. Without actually reading through the list themselves and, and truly considering what's said. Like, in her article, she says here, this article is not a theological defense on the topic of Christians and alcohol, another article for another time, but it is a heartfelt plea. I humbly ask you to table any knee-jerk pro-alcohol fight for my right to drink arguments that you ever heard or made and prayerfully consider this list. And Mark and I aren't here to make knee-jerk, fight-for-our-right-to-drink no. arguments. Like, 100% if drinking was a sin, we would both stop. For sure. Um, or if we ever became convicted of it, we would stop. The The problem is, on the flip side of this, is she's making fight-for-the-reasons-for-people-abstain knee-jerk arguments that don't really make sense. Yeah. And and so we're going to go through and, and kind of discuss this. So we're just going to... Uh, if we go through all 50, we'll be here all day, so I vote we just... Pick several yeah, of them I mean, we can we can walk through, through some here. of them. We can walk through pretty quickly, but we can actually uh, we'll we'll link to this article. And um, do we have to do that? I don't give it more publicity than that's anybody fair. Else. But if people want to read it, like, oh, I guess we yeah, can. Link we, to we'll it. post it in our Facebook group so that if people want to read it, they can. Um, I will say, like, so yeah, there's 50 different points that she makes some of them are very repetitive but one thing i told luke when we were first reading through it is that some of these things that she says 
the majority would of them. be true if she changed it from just saying the word alcohol to saying alcohol abuse. Like, yeah, that would make a big difference in, in what she's saying. Uh, and I would agree with a lot of her points if it said that, but they don't. Um, and I don't think, I think, I think that's intentional. Like the, the way that some of her other points come across, I don't think she's saying alcohol abuse. I do think she, she is trying to argue that alcohol in general. Uh, oh, she, yeah. And she says that right off the bat of you should not be drinking and here are my reasons why I don't drink and you shouldn't yeah. drink. And so it's not abuse. It's just even a drop. Um, so I wonder how she handles NyQuil, <laughs> but, um, so here we go. Let's start. So the first one is I can't be sober minded if I'm not sober. I can drink and not right be sober. Right there out the gate. Or, or I can I drink can, and I, be sober. I can drink yeah. and be sober. I can drink and not be drunk. And so, like, just scientifically, that's how it works. Um, yeah. One sip of alcohol does not make one drunk. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot more we need uh, yeah, to we, say. Because we can agree one. with that point, but we don't agree that drinking any alcohol at all makes you not sober. So, Cor- Correct. Alcohol has an assignment. Destruction. Um, that That is true. To an extent, like there are scriptures that say, you know, wine is a mocker and strong drink is folly. Um, I, I just misquoted the second half of that one. I apologize. I should have had it pulled up in front of me because um, it's not folly. And I can't remember what word is there. There are points where scripture talks about alcohol being bad, but it's always talking about the abuse yeah. of it. It's talking about using it as a crutch or using it as an escape or using it to the extent of drunkenness. It's never just talking about alcohol itself because scripture also uses alcohol as or wine in particular as a picture of a blessing yeah. from God. Um, Jesus turned the water into wine at the wedding of Cana, and it, it wasn't wine that was non-alcoholic. It was the wine that people were supposed to drink first and get drunk off of before they brought the crappy stuff out. Not that Christ's intention was to get people drunk there, but there was that capability within the alcohol. Yeah, and they, I mean, so, they, they call it the good wine. They were shocked that it came out second because it was the good wine. Um Right. And so, which would likely be very strong wine, or stronger wine at least. Um, yeah, so, so to say alcohol's sole assignment is destruction is inaccurate, even by biblical terms alone. Well, and I think that's that's part of a big thing with this whole article is we have to recognize that alcohol, like most things, is amoral. It's not one way or the other. Alcohol does not have a sinful assignment or a righteous assignment alcohol is there and it's what we do with it the same way money is amoral the same way um, time is amoral the same way media is at least in some instances is amoral yeah, yeah. The media is probably, yeah, stretching, that's probably it. stretching it but um, over like a lot of these things aren't leaning one way or the other it's how we use them alcohol is in the same category it can be destroyed. new slogan huh Alcohol doesn't get people drunk. People get people drunk. <laughs> I like it. Not really, but <laughs> um, but it's true. It's that same same yeah. idea that it's it's the tool is not responsible. It's the one who wields yes. it. And so, um, so yeah, we have that one. Number three, alcohol is depressant. Anything that depresses should be avoided at all costs. That's just inaccurate. Alcohol, alcohol is actually a stimulant, and then when you've consumed enough of it to the point where it begins to saturate your blood um, and you have the, the blood alcohol content of a, that reaches a certain percentage then it begins acting as a depressant but initially alcohol actually acts as a stimulant and, and, and her so, use of the I, like the use of depressant here just doesn't make sense 
because it's not when we call something like depressant versus stimulant isn't the same as like depression, right? It's it's something that right. Slows it's not being depressed versus being yeah, yeah. So it doesn't mean like the same as being depressed or being happy. Yeah. Um, it's any and so her anything that depresses me should be avoided at all costs. Hey, I don't know that that's accurate no. biblically. Um, and and. And B, wow, I went A and B. Sorry, one, I don't know if that's accurate biblically. And B, um, that's not even the proper use of the yeah. word. So there's that four. I don't want to make my brother or sister stumble in the name of exercising my Christian liberties. My choice to drink could lead to someone's demise. And this is, man, this attitude, like, I, it's good to be cautious about causing brothers and sisters to stumble, obviously. But... I think that gets misapplied when we take that to mean we can't do anything ever. Like, 80 to 85% of the things that I do could have potential to cause one of my Christian brothers or sisters to stumble, right? Like, But that's because you're a horrible that, There you go. No, like, we all have different convictions and we all have different weaknesses in our lives. And so there's things that I may be able to do that don't cause me to sin, but would very easily cause a brother or sister to sin and vice versa. And so, and and these aren't big things like alcohol or smoking, which are what people are probably going to think sure. of associated with us, but like saying the word crap, we both use the word crap or shoot. Some Christians would take issue and stumble and be offended by that. Um, I mean, the things the we watch, we dress, the games we play, the things like, we watch, there's a lot of different, the way we drive, like there's things that could cause a brother or sister to stumble. And so I think, Again, when you're talking about Christian liberties, Christian liberties are contextual, right? Like, if I'm around a brother or sister who struggles with alcohol, who struggles with alcoholism or some, or uh, maybe has quit smoking cigarettes or something, I'm not going to smoke or drink around that person because I'm not going to cause them to stumble. But just because I don't do it around that person doesn't mean that I can't do it at all. That's my freedom. And so in the privacy of my own home or with friends that are like-minded or have similar convictions to me, I can still exercise those liberties. Exactly. And I find it interesting that, so the, the, the verse this is usually derived from is Paul saying he would give up meat to avoid offending his brother. But it's clear from context that Paul means in the presence yeah. of his brother, because we find in Acts, Paul opposing Peter to his face because Peter stopped eating meat and calling it started calling it unclean. And his issue wasn't with Peter stopping eating the meat. It was with Peter calling unclean that which wasn't unclean and, and going back to a, a Judaistic, legalistic faith. Yeah. But the point is, Paul still ate meat. He just didn't eat it around those he knew it would offend. Yeah. But he didn't stop teaching that it was acceptable. Sure. And he didn't stop eating the meat. He just decided, you know, out of love for my brother, I'm not going to eat this in front of him. And so, and that's where we do have to be cautious, I think, if you're the one enjoying the liberty. The burden is placed on us by Paul, and more importantly by God through Scripture, to care for our brothers and love our brothers. Um, that burden is, is placed on the one enjoying the liberty, not the one abstaining from it. And so we do need to be cautious as to how we're enjoying these things, and that's where I, I do think there is wisdom in not flaunting on social media that you're drinking or not you know, uh, making this a, a regular topic of conversation with everyone that you interact sure. with at church. Um, not because you're trying to hide what you're doing, but out of a love and a concern for the brethren. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. So, um, number five, alcohol skews my judgment. 
I'm just kind of reading it yeah, the way I, you go. So. I don't even know what to say to that. Like, Again, insert abuse. Yeah, alcohol good. abuse, for sure. Excuse your judgment. So does abuse of anything else. Like, when you become too focused on one thing, it's going to skew your judgment about other things, right? Like, if my primary motivation is... Um, okay, so, like, let's use the example of, like, playing a video game. If my because that's something that we can both relate to. If my overwhelming desire is to play a game, and, like, that is where my mind is set, that is what I want to do, it skews my judgment when it comes to priorities. Like, I may have other things that are much more important for me to do, and I say, nah, it's okay, I'm just, I'm going to do this instead because it's what I want to do. Like, that's because my judgment is thrown off because I'm so focused and infatuated on one specific thing. So, exactly. your judgment can be skewed by anything. It's, again, everything in moderation, and as long as you're being responsible, this isn't an issue. Right. And, uh, and again, yeah, aside from drunkenness, which you aren't drunk the second you take a drink of alcohol, it's not skewing your judgment. Um, by all means, don't be going out and, and pushing the line and seeing how much you can drink or testing the limits. That's not wise because then your judgment does begin to get skewed. Yeah. But if, if you're drinking responsibly it's not going to skew your judgment same for number six here alcohol leaves me worse not better first off that's a very um, general statement a general and opinionated yeah. statement secondly um no no it doesn't not in moderation it doesn't leave you worse in any form or fashion um at least no worse than drinking dr pepper or pepsi or any other beverage is sure. like we can take this with coffee if i drink too much coffee it increases my risks for Parkinson's, and it leaves me worse, not better. Um, but if I drink coffee in moderation, I'm okay. Soda, diabetes, Same like too much sugar, sure. It's going to cause yeah. a lot of problems. And, like, there's times where, like, say I have a sinus infection, and I decide to drink, like, a hot toddy with a bunch of whiskey or something in it. See, that does leave you worse and not better. Dehydrate. Dude, it clears up so much sinus problems. Like, drink water in addition, and you're fine. <laughs> Whatever, we'll argue about this later. <laughs> uh, yes, number seven, like, this one is one of the this worst ones. This one is ones. the dumbest one I think I, what, I've What I do, and, yeah. And please, go ahead. I, I, I don't want to sound aggressive or rude towards this lady. Like, she had a good heart with what she was doing. She was trying to be caring, even though her, her uh, she, she missed the mark yeah. there. So, but number seven maybe is. Maybe I should be more charitable in my language. What I do in moderation, my children will do in excess. To which I say, you better stop eating, otherwise your kids are all going to be gluttons. Yeah, like, that's just an absolutely ridiculous attitude towards anything. Like, like it, it is a true statement that your flaws are magnified in your children. But the answer is not to just stop living life yeah. and doing anything. Not that, not that not drinking alcohol isn't living life, but you know what I mean. The answer is not to go, oh, well, if I do, I can't watch TV because my kids are going to get addicted to TV. Oh, I can't take ibuprofen because my kids are going to get addicted to morphine. Yeah. Um, the answer is to teach children, your children the proper way to enjoy something. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, even the unsaved, this is number eight. I like this one as well. Even the unsaved know I shouldn't drink. Bible in one hand, beer in the other. Any lost person could point this out as a confusing contradiction. I don't Just think so. Know. Yeah. Like it, that, that's um, a, in the know. words of JC Ryle, I doubt it. <laughs> like it just make. That whole attitude is just such a false stereotype of, like... Again, it's a very fundamentalist attitude, a very 
um, teetotaler attitude of, well, alcohol isn't just unwise or whatever. It's like the attitude that alcohol is pure, plain and simple, like sinful. That's that's what this attitude yeah. is. And, and unsaved people... At, and yeah, I want to say one thing go. before you go, because you have a really good story on this. Um, but that is that culturally, yes, to an extent, the unsaved think Christians couldn't drink because we've demonized yeah. it so much. Um, you go into other cultures, and it's not an issue. But share share your story on this one, because I, I love this story, and it blows this one out of the water yeah. at this point. Uh, so there's um, – and, and one of the things I've heard a lot and have been criticized, like that I've been told either to my face or just maybe they weren't addressing me in particular, but again, people who are like anti-alcohol in the church – have talked about how like nothing good will ever come out of drinking, right? Like that's that's a really common phrase. Nothing good comes from alcohol. Nothing good comes out of it. Um, when I was in college, my last year, I'd, I was 21, and I had a night class. So I had classes in the afternoon, and then I had like a four-hour break, and then I had a class in the evening. And one of the things I would do often is I would go to a there was a pub like down the road from the school and in the evenings like from four to six they had happy hour where their their beers were half price and their appetizers were like five bucks a piece and so it was a really cheap uh meal and drink for for a very poor college student right and so i would go with friends a lot like luke would come with me and there was other yeah yeah, other people would go like there was a lot of us who would do it but every once in a while it would just be me and when I did that, like, I would just go sit at the bar because I was by myself. I wasn't going to take up a table and have a drink, eat some toasted ravioli or something like that. Which, I, dude, I miss toasted ravioli. That's not a thing up here in Michigan, and it sucks. Um, that's yeah, sad. that's a St. Louis thing, and I miss it. But I would eat toasted ravioli and drink a beer or two and then go to class. It was just a good way to, to kill time and, and have a cheap meal. Um, and there was one day I was there by myself sitting at the bar having a drink, eating some food, and two guys came and sat next to me. They were clear, like, it was almost like an after-hours business meeting. Like, they were talking about work and stuff. They were both in suits, and they're just sitting next to me, and I was minding my own business for the most part, and because I tried to have conversations with people at the bar and everything, but um, they were clearly in the middle of a conversation, and at one point, the bartender came over and asked them, like, uh, you know, what what do you guys want to drink? And they looked over at what I was drinking and they were like, Hey, what, what, what is that? That looks really good. And so I talked, I was like, Oh, this is the beer that it is. And here's why I like it. And just kind of talked through it with them, but both of them, like just talking about beer and sold them on it. They ended up both getting that beer. And, um, from that, one of them was like, Oh, so you, do you like come here very often? And I was like, yeah, I got a class in the evening. I'm a college student, so this is a good way to, to kill time. And he was like, oh, where do you go to school? I'm at Missouri Baptist University. Oh, what's, what are you studying? Like, well, I'm a Christian ministry major. And this guy, it was the f- most fascinating thing because he just, like, he, he was eating. And he set down his food and, like, squared up to me. And he goes, I have a question for you. I was like, all right. And he goes, I've grown up Muslim, and I'm in the process of converting to Catholicism. I was like, oh, that's that's something. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, so I want to ask you, as someone studying this, he goes, how can you prove, or how do you know that Jesus actually died on the cross? 
And I was like, man, that's an interesting question. Like, that's that's not a common question. And I talked through it with him. Like, I sat there and I went through, here's why I believe that Jesus physically and truly died. And we, he, we were talking and he actually, he kept giving input and stuff. We were talking about coagulation of blood and all these different things. And uh, he said something like, yeah, you know, it doesn't take much to convince me. He's like, I'm converting to Catholicism for a reason from, from Islam. And he he was pretty much ready to be done with the conversation there. And we'd come to that point, and in my head and in my heart, I'm like, man, this, so this guy's now Catholic, and I have, you know, I have my opinions on Catholic theology, and I don't think it, it goes far enough. We've talked about that on this podcast before and stuff. And so I'm like, man, this guy literally brought me to this point. He, he asked me all these questions. And so before I let him go back to his conversation with the other guy, I was, I just was like, and here's, here's why, I think that it's important that Jesus died on the cross. And I just, I, I was able to launch into the gospel and explain as sinners the substitutionary atonement, what Jesus accomplished on the cross and all these different things and how by faith we can be saved. And it was an awesome experience just to launch into this gospel presentation. And I could tell there were some th- things he disagreed with and he pretty quickly just was like, okay, have whatever. Like just went back to his conversation. But it was an opportunity for me to share the gospel with a person I've never met before in my life. And the only reason it happened was because they started a conversation with me at a bar because of the beer I was drinking. Like, without that, it would not have happened. It was an amazing yeah. experience to share the gospel. And, and so when people are like, nothing good comes out of drinking alcohol, I'm like, I can vehemently disagree with that. Because I've been able to share the gospel because of a beer. Like, Exactly. Yeah. And it, it is it's crazy how often that argument gets used, like, that gets used against our, our pipe smoking. I can think off the top of my head of five or six occasions sitting in the tobacconist a couple miles away from Mobile yeah, and sharing the gospel with people over a pipe just because that was, that was like, the easiest, you know, transition into a, a gospel thing that you could get being Christian ministry majors because everyone always asks, oh, what are you studying? Oh, yeah, it was easy. Um, but, like, I can think of numerous occasions where that happened over a pipe and then you brought up with the beer. And so, yeah, this argument is just... Um, it's it's fallacious, and it it just it, it doesn't prove itself to be true. I guess that's redundant to say that. Yeah. Um, I think that story also takes care of point number nine. Alcohol doesn't bring others closer to the Lord when they see me drinking, but further away. No. Yeah. Number ten. Alcohol doesn't bring me closer to the Lord when I drink, but further away. Again, I, I can agree with the first half of that statement to an extent. Alcohol in and of itself does not bring me closer to the Lord when I drink. It does not take me further away, though, either. It, it does neither of those no, things. I, that's, it has the potential for either one. If I receive it with thanksgiving and with joy, then I can be drawing closer to the Lord. And if I'm using it as a crutch or an abusive way, then it takes me further away. But alcohol itself does not bring me closer or farther away from God. Yeah. So, um, oh, I love this one, <laughs> 11. I want to be fully awake and ready for the return of Christ, not drowsy, sluggish, and fuzzy. Don't sleep. You don't want to be asleep yeah. whenever Christ returns. That could be bad. Because you'll wake up drowsy and sluggish. And sluggish. And, yeah, man. I, I tell you what, I woke up this morning and I was drowsy and sluggish and fuzzy. I must have had a lot oh, but, to drink in but my sleep. But then if you, if you don't <laughs> sleep, then you also get drowsy because you're just tired. Drowsy oh, and man. sluggish and fuzzy. This is, yeah, a, this is, a, this so, is a real predicament we're in here. Again, alcohol abuse will cause those symptoms. Alcohol in moderation no. will not. Number 12, show me a family for whom alcohol has made a positive difference in their lives. 
you won't be able to. That is an absolute statement that is just uncalled for. Yeah. Um, like declaring sweepingly universally there is absolutely no family ever for whom alcohol has made a positive difference in their lives. That is very arrogant and very brash. Yeah. Um, and again, I'll, I'll turn it over to you here, Mark. <laughs> Why? Because it's made a difference in my family? <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it hasn't made a difference in the sense of like, oh, alcohol changed your lives, but it has given you conversations with your family that you weren't able to yeah. have before, and there is a closeness in sharing that together. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting because like, my parents weren't... I mean, I'm growing up, my parents weren't drinkers at all, and then um, it was it was before I turned 21 that they started drinking, but not much, and it wasn't, I mean, I had a lot of conversations with them before 21 about, you know, I intended to drink, I didn't have an issue with it, I thought that it was a fine thing. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot of reasons that I do drink and that I drink the things I do, like, beer for me is beer and bourbon for me are the same thing as coffee like there's so many ways to make it and so many different nuances to flavors and different types that i just love exploring it and trying different things um coffee and tea are the same way like that's that was one of the things i was excited about with being able to drink was i like trying all these different things that have a very versatile way to be made um but i remember talking to my family my parents and stuff about my intention to to drink and all these different things, and my parents had never considered alcohol sinful, but my parents were not drinkers. Um, they, they thought it was unwise for a while and stuff like that, and so it was an interesting thing when my parents started drinking, like, a glass of wine on the weekends, and then as I, when I turned 21 and started drinking more and stuff, like, my my parents did change in that they like my dad started exploring different things and my dad had never like he'd tasted beer before and thought it was disgusting my dad has beer in the fridge pretty much 24 7 now like there's never a time that i go to my parents house and my dad does not have some type of beer there um because he's explored it he's found stuff he likes and he drinks it and my dad and i have conversations about that and he's working he's doing a project right now for a brewery which is just weird to think about like he's gotten to explore the the brewery with the with the brewmasters um and we have conversations about that we have um family members who um are not believers or um maybe more nominal christians who it's open conversations up with them um so yeah i mean it's it's made an impact it's made a difference in the way that we relate to each other and the the conversations we can have and there's different family members I've been able to have new or interesting conversations with and get to know a lot more about them. Because, again, just conversation and, and being able to sit down and have a beer together or whatever can open up a lot of conversation. Um, one thing I think, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree with this, I think this goes for alcohol and smoking. But when I smoke a pipe or cigar, it relaxes me. When I have a beer or a glass of whiskey or a glass of wine... It's a relaxing thing to do, and I feel like I, I truly believe that when someone is more relaxed, they're more willing to open up and have a deep or emotional or heartfelt conversation because they're not anxious, they're not on edge. Like Your guard kind of goes down in a good way, I think. And so I... Well, and there's yeah. just there's just something about it. Like the same, the same thing you... There's a camaraderie with it. The same you get with sharing a meal with somebody or with sharing a, a cup of coffee. Like, there's a reason that, that people 
go on dates to get coffee together or to get a meal together or or at a bar because they're conducive to conversation. Yeah. There's just something about that form and something about the way we as humans are wired that it opens us up to conversation and, and it opens us up to more real conversation. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, and and know that like some of our best theological discussions oh, have been dude, either over sure. a beer or over a pipe. Because um, there it's it also what it makes you do is it makes you slow yeah. down. You become way more contemplative. And and it makes you pause from the busyness of life for a little bit, which I think is is a good and healthy thing to do. Um. So, yeah, uh, thirteen. I've never heard anyone say, wow, that gin and tonic made me feel so Christ-like. Cool. I've never heard anyone say, wow, that Dr. Pepper made me feel so Christ-like. Man, either. that piece of pizza was super Christ-like. Right. Um, I mean, I know the point she's trying to make. I just think it's a foolish yeah. one. We um, should pursue Christ-likeness, but so, just because one thing in particular does not make us feel Christ-like doesn't mean it's wrong. <laughs> exactly. 14. I want to avoid all appearances of evil. Um... This entire concept comes from two things. Billy Graham <laughs> and a mistranslation of First Thessalonians 5.22. So, the King James translated it, avoid all appearance of evil. Most other translations and more accurate translations, um, the, the ESV translates it, abstain from every form of evil. Yeah. There's a big difference in abstaining from appearance of evil and form of evil. And this is something that's always irked me. Like, I've, I've had conversation after conversation about this with people. And you hear the saying, oh, perception is reality. No. No, it's not. Yeah. Reality is reality. I cannot be concerned about what every other person is perceiving me as. Do I need to do my best to present Christ in, in the most exalting and glorifying manner at all times? 100%. But I can't be sitting there thinking through every single step I take and going, oh, well, this person might perceive it this way and this person might perceive it that way. That's how you go insane. Yeah. Well, um, I, I immediately, this, for multiple reasons, it makes me think of and go to Joseph in Genesis, right? Joseph was... And what appeared to be evil, he ran away from Potiphar's wife butt naked. That didn't make what he was doing yeah. evil. He was fleeing evil. And that's really when we look at Thessalonians and see, is, that is Thessalonians, right? Avoid all appearances of evil or flee. Yeah. I think flee all appearances of evil makes a lot more sense. And that is what Paul is saying is when evil presents itself, run. Like, it's not something that appears evil. It is literally when evil appears, right? Like... There's a there's a big difference yeah. in the way that um, you handle that situation, and so there's things that I do that other people may disprove of. I mean, again, living by this standard, like you said, it will make you go insane because everything you de- do could be perceived as evil by literally anyone. Like, yeah, it, it, there you don't win that scenario. Exactly, and so yeah, that one is um, has issues in. And there are, again, there are practical things of, you know, don't don't be an idiot. But at the same time, Christ didn't follow this. Christ was accused of being a glutton and a drunkard. Um, so by appearances, at least to the Pharisees, it looked like he was doing evil acts, but he wasn't. Sure. But if we're going to say, oh, I have to avoid all appearances of evil, we're going to end up neglecting our call to share the gospel with the lost because we can't be seen with the lost because it could appear as though we're exactly. engaging in their evil activities. Sure. Um so, alcohol makes it much harder for me to practice the fruit of self-control. I don't think so. I think it's failure to practice the fruit of self-control that gives you issues with yep. alcohol. Yeah, um, we talked about that a lot. 
and I will say this though: if you struggle with self control, do not touch alcohol. Don't go near it. Like there's there's no reason. It's not wise. It's not smart. If if you know that you're not going to be able to stop yourself after a few drinks, if you drink alcohol for the first time and you fall in love with a buzzed feeling, stop right there. Yeah. That that that's going to lead to alcohol. I've abuse. got I've got friends um, who know and recognize that they have very addictive personalities and they struggle with self-control with a lot of things. And so for that reason, they don't smoke, they don't drink, they don't get tattoos because they know, like, um, this one person in particular has told me, like, I he loves tattoos, he loves the artwork, he thinks they look cool, he would love to have one. He's like, I will not get one because I will end up covered from head to toe in tattoos. I will not stop. He's like, I know it won't, I won't, so I won't do it. Same reason he won't drink alcohol, same thing, reason that he won't smoke a cigar or a pipe. He's like, they sound interesting, I wouldn't mind trying them, but I know my personality, I know my self and I'm not going to expose myself or tempt myself with those things. Um, and yeah. I, again, I think that and lack of self-control, yes, you should be cautious and wise about things that can be problematic in that. But that's lit- like, be careful watching TV, be careful playing games, be careful with exactly. any hobby you develop because if you struggle that much with self-control, you're going to struggle with self-control no matter what it is. And I will say the solution is not for the self control issue is not flee these things. Flee those things out of wisdom. Yeah, the solution to self control is practice. The solution is Yeah, practice self control. Become more like Christ. Um, as someone who used to be very, very bad at practicing self control. Like with me, not in the sense of getting addicted to things, but just self control and controlling my emotions and how I reacted to situations. And so I mean you can you can talk to my mom about my middle school and early high school years and just how awful it was because I would just explode. Um, but the solution wasn't, oh, stop putting Luke in situations where he gets angry. The solution was for me to learn to deal with that anger and to show self-control and, and to press farther into Christ. And so um, the the wisdom application is, yeah, stay away yeah. from it. The But the, the biblical mandate is work on that on that fruit of the spirit and that goes into um, 16, 16. Too. i mean 16 and alcohol causes yeah. me to lose my filter all right so have self-control and don't lose your filter like that's it, that's on you not alcohol exactly <laughs> um 17 alcohol is a legal mind-altering drug so is caffeine um <laughs> it is and again it, it doesn't really start altering yeah. too much it's until you're abuse. getting into abuse yeah. alcohol is addictive so is everything <laughs> yeah, lots of things are addictive. Um, I mean, those freaking sour cream and cheddar potato chips Dude. from Walmart are addictive. Yeah, food's <laughs> addictive. Coffee's like, addictive. Um, don't take I any kind of prescription drugs because most of them are based on some kind of opiate, which is addictive. <laughs> like, well, and here's the here's the crazy thing within our our Christian culture is you keep bringing up coffee, and I think that's an apt one to bring up. Because there are so many people, there there are so many seminary oh students and pastors within the church who are addicted to caffeine and cannot live without caffeine. But because that is socially acceptable within the church, we don't bring anything up about it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, and I fall into this category where if I don't, I can go a day or two without drinking coffee. Like, and here's the thing, like, in my self-control, in my discipline, I can not drink coffee. That is something that I am able to do. But my body 
proves its addiction to it whenever I go a day or two without coffee and I start getting massive caffeine headaches. Like, it happens. Mm -hmm. And so it's one of those things where, like, why is this acceptable, but me drinking alcohol is not? It's, it is literally in the same boat, but for whatever reason, because coffee is seen as a regular common morning drink or whatever, like, it's just treated differently when it really shouldn't be. Well, and I think there is, too, the fact that, like, if I drink a lot of alcohol and I, I do abuse it, the fallout is a lot worse than drinking a lot of coffee, at least out sure. the gate. And so I think that leads to some of that, too. But still, at the end of the day, we're called to not be mastered by anything. Yeah. And so um, I don't know why alcohol gets the hate and coffee's okay. <laughs> 19, alcohol is a numbing agent for pain and sorrow. Only Jesus can heal. I don't use alcohol as a numbing agent. In fact, I'm very intentional about it. If I am stressed or I am in distress, oh, sure. I avoid alcohol and I avoid smoking my pipe because I don't want to run to those things for comfort. Yeah. Um, I mean, I... Yeah, and I'm I'm still bad, and I have to watch myself about food because I like yeah. to eat. Not There's a lot of things we can use um, as a numbing agent for pain and sorrow that only Jesus can heal. We have a tendency to try to fill the void with things that are temporary because we're sinful. Exactly. But, I mean, I'll, I'll give um, an example of that in my life was I turned 21 in the time where Lindsay and I had broken off, like Lindsay had broken off our engagement, and that's I turned 21 during that time when I was not dating her or engaged to her. I was single at the time and I was still struggling with anger or uh, sorrow towards that. And there were times then when in the evenings or whenever it was, I would be really upset or frustrated or mad and I would intentionally not drink. I would be like, all right, I want to have a beer. I want to have a glass of whiskey, but I'm not going to because I don't want to drink or turn to alcohol in this state. Exactly. And that's where just some of that practical wisdom of yeah. knowing when to avoid. Yeah. Absolutely. Comes in. Um, many regrets are associated with alcohol. And then in parentheses, I can give you a whole bunch. Um, and I'm sure she honestly can because she's already admitted she was an alcoholic. And there are many regrets associated sure. with alcohol. But alcohol is not the direct causation yeah. of those Things. Oh, we need to we need to link that chart we do. somewhere. The, we'll throw that up in the Facebook um, group. That the correlation and causation aren't the same thing. Yeah. Um, my, my favorite one is the correlation of Nick Cage movies and people yes. drowning in pools. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Nicholas Cage making actually, I mean, if they watched his movies, that <laughs> maybe could have been. maybe it was a causation. Uh, no. no, but it's just a bunch of stuff like that where like. Just because two things happen to correlate doesn't mean that one calls well, the other. And there's a lot of these things that like, she makes these very strong statements, and ultimately what they are is they're anecdotal. Like, it may be true for her. She may have these different experiences. That does not mean that they are universal or absolute. Like, they're not rules. It's, it's anecdotal. It's something that she experienced. That doesn't mean everyone else is going to experience it the same way. Yeah. Um, I'm going to... Pick a few, and I'll have you pick a few out here. Yeah, we're, we're, we're only on, Yeah. On 20-something, so... Um, I wanted to pull out... Um, where was it? Dang it. So, 34, you already answered. That's alcohol severely tarnishes my yeah, testimony. Disagree. No, it doesn't. <laughs> um, oh, where was it? Ah, oh, doggone it. I lost it here. Oh, here we go. 27, alcohol leads to really bad behavior. It is a factor in 50% of violent crimes. Again, that correlation causation yeah. thing. Um, alcohol doesn't lead to bad behavior. A sinful flesh 
leads to bad behavior. Now, does alcohol abuse a part of that sometimes? Yes, but the heart issue is a heart issue, not alcohol. I like uh, number 36, God is holy, alcohol is not. I was going to bring that Food's up. Food's also not holy. Yeah. Driving a car is not holy. Watching TV is not holy. Sleeping is not holy. Like there's, You can say that about literally everything that's not God. <laughs> exactly. Um, 33, actually I think was her best point of the whole article. It's if I don't st- start drinking, I'll never have to stop. True, yeah. Great, that is true. That is so true. And, it, and back to that wisdom, if you're not going to be able to stop, then don't start. But that doesn't mandate that everyone else has to play by those rules. Yeah. Um, trying to think if there's any more I want to pull out here. Um, I mean, we talked about this one a lot, but number 29, wisdom is the principal thing that I need to pursue at all costs. Alcohol makes me stupid. Okay, so for starters, alcohol does not make you stupid. But even more importantly, wisdom is not necessarily the principal thing we need to pursue at all costs. Christ-likeness is what we need to pursue at all costs. Wisdom is a part of that, but if our only goal as believers is to pursue wisdom, then we're not pursuing what we're called to pursue. Yeah. There's a lot more to it than just wisdom. Oh. Um, oh man, there's some rich ones down here. 42, moderate drinking. How about moderate pornography or moderate heroin use, or moderate lying or moderate adultery? You're... you're that's not non sequiturs. They're not at this which, relatable what, in yeah, any what sense. This is asserting is that alcohol by itself is sinful. Like that is what this yeah. is assuming, and we disagree with that. And we believe. I mean, it's clear. Scripture disagrees with that. Again, Christ drank. The apostles drank. Um, Christ talked about drinking in heaven. Like <laughs> drank. Um, I mean, you look at, at Martin Lloyd Jones, and he talks about how up until. Shortly before he was in ministry, it was not uncommon for pastors to drink and to smoke, and then all of a sudden something changed there. But it was not because alcohol itself was inherently sinful. It was because of some legalistic, pharisaical rules that were placed down. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I was about to go there. I don't get drunk. I only have one or two drinks. If they didn't affect you, you would drink That's not true. I love the taste of beer. (laughs) I like the way it tastes, yeah. And so that's the same as saying, like... um, Oh, well, you know, cheesecake can make you fat. Well, I don't want to get fat. I only eat one or two pieces. Well, no, you don't. Otherwise, you'd eat broccoli. Yeah. Why drink like, Why drink soda? It, it, you have water. Water is better for you. If, if, soda, if exactly. soda didn't give you a sugar or caffeine high, you'd just drink water. It, exactly. It, yeah. Her next one was a good point. I should never look to the glass or bottle for joy, which can only be found in the Lord Absolutely. Jesus Christ. Absolutely. 100% agree. Don't do that. <laughs> Um, but 47, alcohol fills my mind with impure thoughts. Is there like some like voodoo magic that's going into the bottle that yeah. automatically fills my mind with impure thoughts? I'm pretty sure my mind does a pretty great job of that all by itself. Um, I, don't, I don't think it needs alcohol to help, and I don't think you went on yeah. alcohol. I'm going to go um, back up to another one. Uh, 38, alcohol and Bible study don't mix. Man, like we've said, we've had a lot of great conversations. Don't tell Jeff Durbin. <laughs> yeah. Like we've, had, you and I, just the two of us, have had a lot of great conversations, theological conversations, with a Bible open, while having a glass of whiskey or drinking a beer together, or smoking a pipe together. Like we've had those conversations. It it's a great time to study because again, it slows you down because you're because of the act of what you're doing. You slow down. You kind of put aside the things of the world, the things of daily life, and you become contemplative. You become. Um, much more focused on thinking. 
it, it, I think yeah. it, I think it caters to those things. Again, uh, yeah, I mean, I would agree with. I'd say you could apply it to the same thing that. Um, oh dang it! How did I blank on his name? Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis. How did I blank on C.S. Lewis's name? C.S. Lewis used to say that he thought every Christian should curl up in the morning with a Bible and a good pipe. Um, it's because it lends itself to that, and I, I don't think you should probably be curling up in the morning with a beer and a Bible. <laughs> but maybe in the um, evening. Yeah, in, in the evening. But I think it's it does. I, I think you're right. It lends to to that slowing down and processing. Yeah. Um, like I know for me, just when I read, I enjoy having a drink, whether it be coffee, whether it be a beer, whether it be a Dr Pepper, just something to sip on while I'm sitting there reading. Um, Dr Pepper doesn't really do it, but like coffee or alcohol having something that you sip on slowly, it causes me to take the time to sit and read that book as I slowly finish off this sure. drink and not get distracted and want to go do other things. Yeah. And I'm going to um, add, I'm going to add others? to kind of the experiential side of like ruining the testimony or not. Um, like some of the stuff we were talking about earlier, the culture up here in Michigan is so different from St. Louis area. Like, I'm li- I'm living just outside of Grand Rapids, which is literally like touts itself as Beer City, USA. Um, there's breweries all over Holland. There's countless breweries in Grand Rapids. Um, it's a very Dutch Reformed area, and so Christians and non-Christians alike up here, every, like people drink. That's what they do. It's people get together at bars, people get together at breweries, and and they have conversations. They spend time together over a beer. Um, since moving up here, I got to, there was one night I went out with, um, basically the guy who got me hired at my job, um, and didn't really know him, but I went to New Holland Brewery and we had a couple beers and we spent an hour and a half, two hours together just talking and getting to know each other. I got to share my testimony. I got to tell him about, um, why I do the things I do, what's important to me in life. Like I got to put my full testimony on display and I found out that he does attend a church but he's very nominal Christian I don't don't know if he was a believer really um, or if he just grew up in this area so going to church is what you did but I was able to to get to know him and share in conversation with him I got to meet up with um, another brother in Christ who I'd talked to on Facebook in a Facebook group who lived up in this area we got together at New Holland Brewery and we got to share our lives with each other and share testimonies with each other. And we became uh, friends over a couple beers. Like it was just a great time together. It, it lends itself to relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it does. And again, to say that any, that, that's, that's a wrong statement. I was going to say, to say any act can hurt your testimony is probably wrong, but no, that's an accurate statement. There are acts that can definitely um, tarnish sure. your testimony. But to say that an, an amoral object or some form of food or some form of, of drink is going to tarnish that is, is a stretch. There may be um, there may be instances and circumstances where that's true. Um, but what I'm thinking of, ironically, is like if you're eating pop brownies, you know, there's a food you're eating that's going to not be good. Sure. Um, but the, the majority of the time, it's, it's a stretch to blame it on that. And especially if you are pursuing Christ, you're going to be convicted of these things as sin. And so that's where I want to, if there's nothing else you want to pull out here, I want to end with her last yeah. one, number 50. And that's, she says, for any argument that tries to justify Christian drinking, there are at least 50 other reasons not to. The writing is on the wall. It's God, it is not God's best for Christians to drink. And that's a very declarative and very 
although I don't think she meant it this way, a very condemning it statement is. to those who do drink. Um, and the fact of the matter is, I feel no need to justify Christian drinking. Like, Mark and I doing this is not for the sake of trying to justify or defend our stance. It's to go through and address where there's logical fallacies in these things and where there's issues with what she was saying and how it's just not biblical. Our ultimate goal here is to defend scriptural accuracy, not a liberty to drink or not. And that's drink. and we're we're reinforcing um, that you have the liberty to do either, and that's fine. Like whatever God is convicting you to do, do it. If 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 you exactly. are not convicted of drinking and and you feel like that's something you want to do, by all means, like anyone in this group or anyone that listens to this podcast, if you're ever up in Holland, Michigan and want to grab a beer, let me know. I'd love to. But if you have a conviction that you think that it's unwise or you think you would have a tendency to abuse that or whatever it may be, if there's something about it that makes you uncomfortable, then by all means avoid it. It is likely a sin for you because the Holy Spirit's giving you a conviction for a reason. But my conviction that it is okay to drink does not mean that everyone should drink. And And another person's conviction that someone shouldn't drink is not a conviction that all people should not drink. We have the we have the freedom exactly. as believers to fall on one side or the other, and we can respect each other. And in reality, I mean, this is such a sec- like this isn't even a secondary issue. This is a very this is an outlying conviction, and we we spend I think the church is way too divided on such a sm- a minor issue. Ultimately, we we share the gospel with each other, and there's so much more to be unified in rather than being divided by something as trivial as drinking alcohol i agree wholeheartedly and um we'll, we'll close this section up here with this that you know saying it's not god's best for christians to drink raises a lot of issues because paul commanded timothy not commanded but told timothy you know drink some wine um christ drank as mark already mentioned he mentioned there'd be wine in heaven um the apostles drank and so the Old Testament is if we're ripe saying, with wine. If we're saying God's best is not for Christians to drink, then Paul and Timothy and Jesus and the apostles are all in trouble. Yeah. Um and quite frankly they're not in trouble because it's it's not God's best. It's God's best for Christians to pursue him. And whether that means enjoying a good gift with Thanksgiving and, and spending time in fellowship over it, or that means abstaining from it out of wisdom. And, and the pursuit of holiness. Either way, the the end goal has to be to pursue God and to pursue His glory. Absolutely. And so, um, and that's our heart. And that's I know it, it may seem weird for us to devote a podcast to talk about this and then say we're not trying to justify it, but we honestly aren't. We're just trying to address. Here's the biblical stance on it because it would resolve if we could start coming to these conclusions. I think it would re- resolve some of the divisions in the church over things like this. Um, over people like you have people saying, oh, well, if a church member sees you drinking, they're not going to believe anything you've ever said. That's wrong. And so we want to address stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and all, all to the glory of God and so that we can, as Mark was saying, go forward with the most important thing, and that is the gospel that's unifying us and be taking that into the world. And whether that's doing that over beers or doing that over Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> um, yeah bringing bringing glory to God is the end goal. So, hopefully you enjoyed this. If you guys have questions about any other particular ones in here, maybe we can do another like Facebook Live thing and talk about it yeah, or something. Yeah, so we did, a, for um, anyone who hasn't watched it or wasn't a part of it, we did a Facebook Live video this week, and we were able to actually do it together, which was awesome, like, because we don't live in the same area. It was 
we both pulled out our phones and were able to Facebook Live at the same time and answer questions and have conversations. And so because Luke and I feel much more natural having conversations in that way, we may start doing that much more often just because it was a blast. Like, I had a lot of fun doing it and was able to... It was a lot of fun. Um, we were able to address a lot and of And it's cool things. interacting with it everyone, is. too. Yeah. So, so so be on the lookout for those things to happen. And we'll try to give... We didn't give a lot of warning for that one, so we'll try to give maybe pl- plan for more it notice. and give more notice, like at least a day or something like that, to say, hey, we're going to do this if you want to um, watch or hang out, whatever it may be. But... Yeah, and if you have topics you want to have us discuss that would maybe be shorter or more conducive to that than to a podcast format or more conducive to a an interactive format, um, feel yeah, free to bring those to up it. and ask us about them because we'd love to do that. Yeah. Like, that's the reason this one happened was it, it all came out of out of a post yeah, in a Facebook group. Yeah, request to talk about something yeah. in particular, and we were like, hey, we could do that pretty quickly, just sit down and talk. And, um, we, yeah, like, and it was, it was We cool. do this because we love it, but primarily we do this because we hope that what God has given us and what God teaches us, we can share with others and can be a benefit to them. And so however we can help benefit you guys, that's what we want to do. Yeah. And we realize we don't have anything profound no. or amazing or impressive, but hopefully, you know, maybe even just hearing something in a different way will be. Yeah. We're, we're here to share what so. God is teaching us. It's not because we're super smart. It's because God's we're learning and we want to share what we're learning too. All right. I'm going to call an audible here. Since this one yeah. has already run long, and if we get into Star Wars, we're going to go like yeah. three hours. So let's let's table our favorite Star Wars stuff and leave this one as just thing. a theological topic. Cool. And and we will hop into that one next week. So sorry, guys, to disappoint you there. Um, maybe that's what, maybe that's what we can do in a few glad days. Glad it's a Facebook Live video where we just talk about our favorite Star Wars eras. Our favorite Star Wars. I feel like we'll get less viewers <laughs> for that one. <laughs> but anyway, we we. Love having you guys listen to this. Uh, appreciate all the feedback we get from you guys. Again, if you like it, drop us a rate on iTunes. Um, let the world know you love yeah, us. If you're, you know. not, if you're not in our <laughs> Facebook group yet, you can come join us at uh, facebook.com. Uh, we're error204podcast. It's a group. Just request to join. Luke and I are usually pretty quick to um, approve people just because we want people to be able to jump into conversation and be a part of it. Um, so if, yeah. if you're not a part of Facebook um, if group, you, join that. We've got a Twitter that doesn't get updated very often. We need to be better about that. <laughs> yeah, we do need to get better about that. And if you like us, share us with your yeah. friends. Like, let people know about it. We we appreciate that. Um, again, we're not in this to to become big or you know be a, a household name or anything. In fact, if that happened, I don't think we'd know what to no, do with ourselves. Would. I would. But um, our our goal is to to be faithful to share what God is, is is sharing in our lives and the more people we can do that with for his glory then that's awesome and as many people though as we do it with we're, we're grateful for even and one listener or no listeners like Mark and I would honestly do this just to have the conversations yep. with each other so well, that's, basically anyway, we, we this came guys. out of us and our conversations we had and being like hey this could be fun to record and share with other people uh huh yeah because this is basically just a conversation for Mark and I yeah <laughs> So, which is good because we don't have show notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you guys. We will catch you all next. Bye. Week. Bye.